Welcome to another magnificent episode of the Bear Ash Podcast. I'm Chase. And I'm Manny. And uh, we like to just kind of come up on here and talk about cigars, smoke cigars, review cigars, make fun of reviews of cigars, and kind of anything else, really. Make fun of each other, our yeah. families. I mean, I feel like you ones. might make fun of me more so than I make fun of you. A lot. Well, it's easier. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so tonight we're doing something a little different, I feel, because I feel like every cigar we've smoked um, in this podcast has been one that we've had in the past, or have had many in the past, um, and tonight we are both lighting up something that we've never smoked before, which is the yep, Kentucky Fire Cured Sweet. Kentucky Fire Cured Sweet. I've had the regular Fire Cures. I've had quite a few of them, because mm-hmm. uh, I bought a package of them. Did we go in on that purchase? Mm. I don't think so. I think we both separately bought... Take your time thinking about it. (laughs) Sorry, I was lighting my cigar. Uh, I think that we both made separate purchases and then got like a 10-pack of Fire Cures for free is what happened. I got two (laughs) 10-packs. I think you ordered yourself a 10-pack and they gave you a free one. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So So the Kentucky Fire Cures from from Drew Estate, um, would you say they're a flavored or infused cigar? Um, they are an infused cigar, not a flavored cigar. Um, the infusion and process. One thing I do have to say is Drew Estate does keep their infusions, their recipes, if you will, on lockdown. Like, there's not a ton of information out there about what goes into their infused cigars. Um, but uh, this cigar specifically is... Um, here, I'm just going to read some of the info here. Kentucky Fire Cured Sweets features Kentucky seed tobacco... Grown and fire cured in Hopkinsville, Kentucky. Um, to my understanding, what does fire cured mean? So fire cured is typically when you would cut down your crops, your cache of tobacco, if you will. Um, you would allow it to air dry. Instead of air drying, uh, they actually dry it in a barn that's filled with smoke. So, so they it smoke it. Makes, yeah, they basically smoke the leaves as they're drying. So I guess it's right after the process of you know trimming the leaves, and uh, instead of letting it air dry at all, the entire process of it drying out is in smoke. And I mean, you can most of the time when you get something like this, it's in cellophane. But when you take it out of that cellophane, you can smell. I mean, it literally just smells like a campfire to me. Yeah, it smells like uh, smoldering coals in a smoker or something. Yes. Yep. Like it uh, smells like it's going to be really strong. Yeah, I think that my first Kentucky Fire Cured was one that you gave me, Manny, and I had it in one of my humidors for probably like a year. And I just every time I was like, oh, I'm going to smoke that, I'd smell it and be like, nope, I don't want it. I'm good. That smells disgusting. And it wasn't until I finally smoked it that I realized that the smell of the Fire Cured is much stronger than the flavor. Yeah, uh, it's actually not that strong of a cigar, even though it smells like it's going to be really intense. It is not. So it's only the wrapper that they, uh, that they infuse. Um, but it is, uh, like I said before, it is a Kentucky seed tobacco. Um, it is Nicaraguan fillers. Uh, the cigar is wrapped with a Mexican San Andreas wrapper. And this one, which is the sweet, is specifically uh, has a sweetened tip. The mouthfeel so on the cigar difference? is like bacon, maple, goodness mixed with bourbon and barbecue. It's a description <laughs> on Drew Estate's website. Is, so... 
the only difference between the sweet and the regular one is just that the cap is sweetened? That's it. They've just put okay. a sweetened cap okay. on it. So my guess if you were to overcut the cigar, it would taste just like a regular Kentucky fire cured. But I do okay, have to well, say, already, I mean, obviously I just lit it, as I'm sure everyone could hear. But uh, it's, it completely changes the profile of the cigar by having that little sweetness on the end. I was about to say, I like this a lot better. Mm-hmm. I'm normally not into cigars with any kind of flavoring or even not that much infusion. Yeah. But that little bit of sweetness on that tip makes it pretty tasty. It's delicious. And it really is so, kind of like a maple barbecue. Hmm. Oh, let me see what I'm getting here. A little hickory. Mmm. Old clothes, wind off a mountaintop. Oh, yeah. And goat fur. Yeah. I was going to say toe cheese on the retro. <laughs> With a little burnt rubber. <laughs> I've actually read yeah, burnt rubber actually, in a few reviews. Not of this cigar, but cigars in general. It kind of tastes and smells like hardwood smoke. Mm-hmm. Like, this would go really well with barbecue. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of wish I had picked a different pairing now that I'm smoking this. Um, I chose a Belgium Trippa beer. Oh, yeah. From Victory Brewing called Golden Monkey. But now that I'm tasting this, I wish I'd grabbed my smoky scotch. Oh, that would have been delicious. Yeah. I personally paired mine with some 1792 Small Batch Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Oh, Kentucky with Kentucky. Yeah, see that? Look at that. Yeah. yeah they actually do, um, I mean, obviously they're always making these cigars, but they do events every year too called the Kentucky Barn Smoker. Um, I believe it's at the location where they smoke their tobacco leaves. That would be a fun event someday to attend. That would be cool. Mm. The other event that is a, it's like up there. It's in my bucket list along with, you know, uh, trying to bow hunt elk and stuff like that and kill a moose is going to the Chicago Pipe Show. Mm, yes. That, that looks like good. so much fun. We've mm. talked about this. What you got to do is you got to make like three humidors and three pipe stands, and I'll make like six to ten pipes. And then we'll just, you know, leave a cash box on the table, and you and I can walk around <laughs> the whole show and trust that people will put in the cash and pay for things and we'll come back to a mountain of cash. Yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd also be okay with working in shifts. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If, if that ever happened. But yeah, the Chicago pipe show is where I want to go one day. Mm. Yeah. That would be awesome. Even if I don't have, it's like what I've heard is it's like two warehouses just full of tool makers, pipe makers, pipe tobacco vendors. So like, I was about to say celebrities, but I don't think like someone who's famous in the pipe world necessarily constitutes as a celebrity. Depends on depends on who you're talking to. Right. It might be if you're talking to Devil Ants Hatfield. Oh. That applies. I mean I'd I'd throw Grant Batson up there as a celebrity in my mind. You love him so much. Yeah, just not enough to buy his pipes though. Well just yeah. enough to watch the pipes that he makes. And to, yeah. Anyways. <laughs> so what is the size that we have here? Do you know? Um, so the size actually that we have was not labeled when I purchased them. This was once again, another, another gift cigar to Manny from myself. You know, um, and I appreciate that so, so, so much, Chase. Thank you. Yeah. I believe though that it is the chunky 
which would be a four inches by 46 and in, by 40. I did that again by 46 ring gauge. Yep. It's pretty good. It's delicious. So I think, I think I, I definitely prefer the sweets to the regular fire cures for sure. Mm-hmm. I almost wish I had like 12 sweets in the humidor instead of the 12 fire cures that I do have. <clears throat> I have quite a few infused cigars from Drew Estate. One of them I can't find any information on called the Acid Ripcord. Mm, that's a... And I can't keep them in my regular humidor. Why, why is that? Because they're going to stink up the thing. There, there's going to be the melding and marriage of flavors and aromas in my humidor. Mm. And I want to keep my nice, plain tobacco ones you know, from being contaminated. So, I don't know what you do, but I don't have... Well, what I, what I did was I sealed them all. And I just have them in a drawer right now. So mm. they're probably dry. But if yeah. I ever wanted to, and I've done this before, I'll just take one out a month or two before I want it. Take it out and put it in your regular humidor? Yeah. Wait, so you plan one of those cigars out a month or two ahead? Yeah. I don't have... <laughs> <coughs> I have a tight schedule. Uh, hey, I don't know if you've listened to the Bear Ash podcast, but the last episode we did talk about affordable humidors. If you needed a second humidor for infused cigars. Okay. The truth is I'm kind of lazy and I know that I don't smoke infused cigars often enough to care. So I just put them in a place where I know they'd be not well taken care of, but at least they wouldn't fall apart or get all gross. And if I ever want to re rehumidify them, it's not that hard. I don't know what to tell you, man. Yeah. I've got a, I've got a second one. Well, I guess it's my second humidor that I use often. Um, just has a bunch of cigars that I really don't care about, and those are in there with the infused cigars. So that's kind of how I store mine. Keep, kind of keep them away from the cigars I'm in every, you know, not every day, but whenever I have a cigar, I keep all my infused cigars out of that humidor. Because if you do store them in the same humidor, um, they will start to kind of pull in some of the flavors of cigars around them. Uh, I was doing a little looking around. And yeah, I saw some suggestions for pairings with the cigar. Yeah, I see a suggestion for sweet tea again. Oh, <laughs> people love sweet tea with their cigars. I'm gonna be honest with you, Manny. I picked up some sweet tea earlier this evening, specifically so that I could say I was pairing it with the cigar. But I drank it like two hours ago, so <laughs> so that which is why I'm just pairing it with a bourbon. Uh, hmm. um, I did find a few comments from geniuses across the web on the cigar. Not a ton. Yeah, there's actually not a ton of reviews on the cigar either. Did you find the same issue? Um, I didn't look very hard. Oh. So, yes. <laughs> Great. So, <laughs> Cool Breeze 502 says... The KFC Sweet, which is, if you're cool, you call this the KFC. Kentucky Fried Chicken. Sponsor. Nope. Nope. <laughs> they're not a sponsor. Uh, the KFC Sweet Red Label is... This is okay. So this isn't the best English. The KFC Sweet Red Label is sweeter version of the regular KFC Blue Label. Profound. Hmm. I know some people, you live the regular label... But think the sweet is too sweet. I think it's a perfect balance of smoke and sweet. But yes, the fat molly, which is a size, yes, and flying pig 
chunky theory are just different sizes. Same tobacco, though. Just what lever preference you prefer to smoke. I hope that answers you question, bro. <laughs> what was the question? <laughs> Somebody had asked, are they all the same, just different size sticks? I know they're a flying pig, fat molly, chunky, but I didn't know if they're the same. Ah. Yeah, I don't know what's going on here. Yeah, I think we've I think we've talked a little bit about that on a previous episode about that the flavor profile can change based on the size because you have a different ratio of filler to binder to wrapper. So yeah, we were talking about that with the in regards to the shark yes. size from Arturo Fuente, where as you get near, like as you smoke it down, it's a higher ratio of wrapper to binder and filler. Yeah, I also find that with the Drew Estate has a flying pig sizes of a lot of their cigars. Not every cigar, but most of them. And I do find even like the, the Liga Pravada number no. 9 and T52, I almost prefer it in that because it definitely has a different flavor profile as you're smoking it down as opposed to any other size where it's just kind of the same ring gauge. Yeah. So I have... <laughs> I do have some tobacco news that might be worth uh, reading. Oh, yeah? You want to hear some? I would love to hear some tobacco news. All right. We have. This is not tobacco news. I just felt like you should hear about this. Oh, so you don't actually have tobacco news? No, I do, but this is just the first one that came up. Here. Man shot dead by his own booby trap on Thanksgiving. Did oh. you hear about this? No, I didn't hear about this. So, uh, the reason I thought you'd find this was interesting is because this takes place in, I believe, New Hampshire. Oh. Uh, oh, Maine. I'm sorry, it was in Maine. So, listen to this. A 65-year-old man was shot dead on Thanksgiving by a booby... That's not funny. By a booby <laughs> trap he set up to protect his home from intruders. Ronald Sear triggered the homemade device which fired a handgun at anyone attempting to enter through the front door. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> Hold. He managed to dial 911 to report that he'd been shot at the house in Van Buren, Maine on Thursday evening. So this is Thanksgiving. Mm. Police and paramedics attempted to save his life, but he died from his injuries. The state bomb squad was also called after officers found a series of other unknown devices at his property. Uh, Van Buren Police Department said that their investigation found that Mr. Sear had been shot as the result of an unintentional discharge of his own homemade device. In a statement on its Facebook page, the police force said, Officers discovered the front door of the residence had been outfitted with a device designed to fire a handgun should anyone attempt to enter the door. Wow. Hmm. So either this guy's not too bright, or he really didn't want his family coming by on Thanksgiving. <laughs> or he hated Mormons. Wait, is that a thing? Yeah, they come door to door, man, just like Jehovah's Witnesses. But on Thanksgiving, though? Uh, well, they don't celebrate Jesus. <laughs> Which also doesn't have anything to do with Thanksgiving. <laughs> Well, hey, yep. now we're two for two of uh, <laughs> misrepresenting <so> religions. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that does not have anything to do with cigars, but I mean, that is quite the story. It does make me wonder, like, if you set up a booby trap specifically 
to possibly take a life of someone walking through your front door. You'd think you would remember that booby trap being set up. Yeah, it seems like if you're that worried about it, you'd be pretty cognizant of the fact that you have a loaded handgun ready to fire through your door. Wow, what a delightful Thanksgiving story, Manny. Thank you. Like, what if he he had life alert? And, like, he he had to radio in and be like, Ah, I've fallen and I can't get up. And then, like, the paramedics open his front door. Doosh, doosh, doosh. Was it three shots? Uh, well, I mean, mine would be if I made it. Oh, yeah? Do, 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 do. Whoa, it's quite the handgun right there. Yeah, dangerous. Yeah. All right, for real, tobacco story. All right. Is this actually cigar Bar- news, or are you just going to try and sadden all of us again? This is cigar news, and you and I share some nostalgia with the, uh, with the, uh, p- uh, the shop referenced in this article. Oh. Okay, ready? Yes. All right, pull your pants down. All right, Barclay Rex Pipe Shop. Cigar-friendly in New York City. New York's vibrant Manhattan, in the heart of the financial district, cigar lovers will find a place to relax. Barclay Rex is not only New York's oldest cigar store, but also has a public cigar lounge in its own private club. Wow. Wait, was that it? (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. Okay, all right. (laughs) I thought... Okay, so so I was reading this article. I thought that it was like an announcement that now Barclay Rex is cigar friendly. Um, which I think this is just an advertisement for Barclay Rex. Is this the first time so, you've read this article? No, sadly I read it twice before. Oh. Um, but you and I have been to Barclay Rex and I do they even have cigars? I remember they're full of pipe stuff. I don't really remember overpriced if they had cigars pipes back then. It was a while ago. What? It was a while ago. I don't remember if they had cigars back then. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't know. Anyway, uh, sorry about that. Uh, but anyway, Barclay Rex, it's located in New York City, right next to Grand Central Station. And you and I had three cigar sources in New York City when we were teenagers and not of age. Yes. Including Barclay Rex, Nat Sherman, and... What's the one in Arthur? La Casa Grande. La Casa Grande. Yeah. Um, and Barclay Rex was never as good as Nat Sherman when it came to cigars. No. Um, but I used to buy pipe tobacco at Barclay Rex all the time. Yeah, Nat Sherman. Uh, Nat Sherman's got a lounge in there too. Yeah, they have a whole club with like Mel Gibson upstairs getting drunk. Have you been to the new location that's like right across the street from Grand Central? Nat Sherman's new location? I mean, new, probably like, I don't know, 10 years ago? I don't even think I have. I, I mean, I think I've been in New York City within the past 10 years, but I, I didn't go to any uh, cigar shops. Well, that's a shame. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't know if I can forgive you for that one. Well, hey, that's a great I, announcement, I, Manny. <laughs> Thank can you. Can I have a... So, do you have any other I, actual cigar-related news? Can I have a third try yeah. at a cigar article? Third, yeah, Sorry, third, my phone's yeah. thing keeps messing up the mic. That's right. All right. This was Don't apologize to me. Apologize to our listeners. The, pff, come on. There's nobody listening. <laughs> All right. So this one was announced early November. Rocky Patel's beach party in Naples, oh, Florida. Yeah. April 15th through 19th, 2020. You got tickets, right? 
Rockies Beach Party will take place April 15th through 19th, 2020 in sunny Naples, Florida at the beautiful Naples Beach and Hotel or Beach Hotel and Golf Resort. What's included? Lots of premium cigars and cigar swag for each cigar guest. A $1,000 value. Ooh. Plenty of beach and relaxation time at the Naples Beach Hotel and Golf Resort. Ooh, they include it. An exclusive beachside welcome cocktail party at the Naples Beach Hotel and Golf Club, acclaimed for its elite vantage point to stunning sunsets. Ooh. A cocktail and dinner party at Coconut Grove. An exclusive party in Rocky Patel's backyard. A cigar cruise aboard the Naples Princess Luxury Yacht. A three-hour excursion. A three-hour tour with dinner. <laughs> Top shelf open bar and entertainment. Our famous cigarology with Rocky Patel premium cigars. An opportunity for golf. World-class shopping is included. <laughs> Just like a mall so across a, a, the street? Rocky's having a party. Nice. And he spelled program with two M's. Yeah, just to And emphasize. he's got a whole itinerary on here. I don't yeah. know how much it costs per person, but Probably are you too in? much. <laughs> I, are you so in? I, I'll, I'll, I'll say this, Manny. None of that makes me want to go ahead and buy tickets, except for the fact that if, if I could somehow contact someone from Drew Estate and be like, hey, I would go to this if you gave me two boxes of Liga Privadas and I'll just smoke them the entire time. I think that'd be fun. Like, just show up with a bunch of Drew Estate cigars and nonstop smoke them. Well, <laughs> you listen, if offered a free trip to Naples, Florida, I think I would take it. Yeah. Um, well, I definitely can't even afford to go down and stay in, like, a Motel 6 in Florida right now. So I also don't golf. I don't particularly care for Rocky Patel cigars. <laughs> and I'm not a fan of Naples, Florida. Yeah. <laughs> so you're not in? Uh, maybe next year. Huh. All right. Let's, let's put it on the calendar. And I, I had one more cigar-related article, but uh, it's I'm just going to read the headline, and that is JR Cigars is uh, redoing their warehouse that include a whole food court. Ooh. But that's all not, I got. You're not, that's all you got for articles, huh? Yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. Well, this is not a news article about cigars, but it is just more comments about this cigar that we're smoking. Ooh. Um, so there was a question asked specifically about a sale that someone saw online. This is on Reddit. Um, if you buy any two 10-pack bundles, you get 14 Drew Estate acids, tabac, etc. My wife has been loving the flavored Drew's. Are the KFCs worth checking out, or should I just save the money and get her a box of Tabak? Um, I did find it interesting that someone said their description of the cigar, which I would agree with, was it tastes like smoked brisket, and any barbecue lover would love it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it does taste like a smoked brisket. Well, I kind mean, of. In the sense that it tastes like the smoke. It doesn't taste like meat. It's dripping grease. Yeah, it's dripping grease, a little blood. It's a little underdone. Ooh. <laughs> yep. Um, but that's all. There, there literally is nothing on the cigar. There are a couple of videos that I watched. I don't know if you checked out that video that I sent you, Manny. 
I didn't have time. <laughs> there was a very interesting video, uh, the most viewed video on the cigar on YouTube, um, and it was some couple in the garage. And like eight minutes in the video, they get into like a full blown like not an argument, but just completely like tearing each other apart <laughs> for like another like seven minutes of the video. It was, it was worthwhile just for that. <laughs> Sounds like they're missing the point of smoking a cigar. Yeah, they definitely were not <laughs> growing closer in that experience. But hey, and you other. Well, I, I don't know if I'd go that far. Oh, you're to Rochester? No, just that we'd be getting closer in this experience. Hmm. Um, but in other cigar-related news, um, Mandy and I were just recently talking about the fact that Massachusetts um, is the first state uh, to... I, I mean, they haven't implemented it yet, it yet, but it's on the calendar to implement a ban on all-flavored uh, tobacco. So we at, first, yeah, we at first thought, well, is that just, you know, talking about menthol cigarettes? Um, does that cover things like infused cigars? So we kind of had a couple questions, and I looked into it. And it turns out that ban actually covers not just flavored cigars, but infused cigars, smokeless tobacco, so like, you know, dip, um, chew. Uh, it also covers pipe tobacco, <laughs> Um, and it doesn't yet cover, but they're trying to also get in hookah tobacco as well. So I wonder what they're going to consider flavored pipe tobacco. I think anything with a flavor. Yeah, but like if you get like uh, a Kentucky Burley, I think it's I don't, like I don't think there's anything added to it. It's just the way I think it's just the way it's fermented. I think it's just a sweet. I could be mistaken, but there are plain tobacco. Just I mean, they're cured. But there, there's nothing added to it that are pi- that that are pipe tobaccos. Yeah, I think that if and there's nothing added to it, then I don't think they can consider it a flavored tobacco. Like it's just the tobacco flavor. In the same sense, I mean, in the same uh, idea of when they banned um, flavored e-juice, they did not ban um, tobacco flavored e-juice, which I think is interesting because it clearly is not tobacco. It's flavored to be tobacco. <laughs> but hey. This sounds like a law that New Jersey would have. Well, apparently it's a law that a lot of people are thinking about implementing. I yeah, also, I in my... Re- I, Sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I hope it saves a lot of lives. It's really important. Yeah, I think it definitely will save a ton of lives. Um, in most of the articles I've read, what's so interesting is that um, it's being considered that flavored tobacco... Um, menthol cigarettes and other flavored tobaccos, which also include like blunt wraps and stuff like that too. Um, they say that they're specifically targeting children and minority groups. Um, I even read oh, one article saying that they were also targeting LGBT smokers by adding flavors and minority smokers and teen smokers. Are they saying that minorities and LGBTQ individuals can't think for themselves? Man, I don't know what they're saying. This is according to publichealthlawcenter.org. Ooh, sounds boring. Oh, it is. Trust me. I've read quite a few articles on it. Very boring. <laughs> um, um, yeah, ahead. this strikes me as like similar to some laws that have been passed in New Jersey. I don't know if you're aware of the beautiful, beautiful state that is New Jersey. New Jersey. New Jersey. Uh, but they have two laws that I'm aware of that make zero sense. 
One of them is that you can't pump your own gas. Yes. And the other one is they have a funny one. Uh, so, so if you have a handgun in New Jersey, which I think is probably extremely hard to get unless you're in the mafia, and then it's okay. But if you have a handgun license in New Jersey, you're not allowed to carry um, hollow point ammunition because they think it's so scary and dangerous. Now, police carry only hollow point ammunition because I don't, I don't, I hope you don't mind me going into some gun facts here. I, I don't. I mean, we can talk about whatever. But we have seen a lot of gun cigar pairings on Instagram, so for some reason <laughs> yes, there's a correlation there. Yes, we have. <laughs> Taking a picture of a gun smoking a cigar as if the two are associated together. But anyway. It's just free peoples, so, man. So if you, if you have a handgun in New Jersey as a private citizen, even though police are mandated to carry hollow point ammunition because it reduces pass-throughs and reduces collateral um, hits, and um, it reduces actually deaths during shootings because it has more um, stopping power. It stops in the target. It delivers all its energy and it's, it doesn't just poke holes in somebody and they just die later, which is what a full metal jacket or ball ammunition would do. It's there, there's no, it doesn't expand. It just pokes holes in things. And so it keeps going through walls. It keeps going through whatever you're shooting at. Um, and in New Jersey, you're not allowed to use hollow point ammunition. So, and, and it's all, it has nothing to do with logic or physics. It only has to do with the public perception that hollow points are scary bullets. And so what they did was, it's a funny loophole. They made expanding full metal jacket bullets. So in New Jersey, you can get, like, it does the same thing as a hollow point. So uh, you can buy bullets that have like a soft tip under the metal jacket. And so when it hits a target, it expands. It's just, it's not a hollow point because there's not a hole in the end. So it doesn't mushroom out, but it does spread flat and stop in the target. I just think it's funny because New Jersey wastes all this time passing legislation that ultimately just makes life more difficult for its citizens. Sorry, New Jersey. We probably have a ton of listeners from New Jersey, right? Uh, yeah, my guess would be there's a ton. As in like zero? Just sitting under the smog off of 95. Ugh, just inhaling garbage, you know, taking dog legs to make a left-hand turn, paying extra to have someone pump your gas. You know what's oh, funny to me wait. is that, wait, wait, really quick, because I do okay. feel like that there needs to be a correction here, because I don't understand this gas law, because they don't actually charge more for gas. Really? Yeah. I mean, oftentimes when I'm going up 95 to Connecticut or the trips we do up to New Hampshire, um, New Jersey actually has pretty cheap gas. Like for, for the tri-state no area. in New Jersey <laughs> to get gas. And everyone's going to the Wawa. Yeah, they learn no one pays for gas in New Jersey because uh, they can fill their own tank. Well, New Jersey uh, was you know, not on actually, the list of states that are going to possibly implement this uh, ban on flavored tobacco. So Oh, they'll, they'll do something wacky. Do you know New Jersey has probably the worst uh, <laughs> black bear population issue in the country? Really? And they outlawed all black bear hunting? I didn't know that black bear hunting was outlawed. I didn't know they had the worst. They black have bear such a high population of black bears. They have black bear issues all the time. And so now they're like, oh, yeah, let's keep this population growing. Let's protect these bears that are already a nuisance and a financial burden to New Jersey. <laughs> so now it's illegal to hunt black bear in New Jersey. Again, not based on environmental science. Just based on dumb people's reasoning. 
just I feel this way, so let's do this. Yeah, I saw a movie, a cartoon about bears. I want to see them around more. Well, that's what I feel like all this tobacco banning is and the changing the age. And I mean, it's silly. Every article you read, it's just nonstop talking about, it's for the children, it's for the children, it's for the children. And last time I checked, you had to be of legal age to purchase tobacco. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm sure there's companies out there who have marketed. And, and not, I'm sure. I know there's companies. Well, I guess I'm sure and I know it's the same. But there are companies who have marketed toward younger people. Um, with tobacco products or vaping products. But still, you have to, I mean, as long as people are doing their job correctly, you have to check ID before you buy it. Like, how stupid is that? <laughs> That's yeah, like making they, a cool car and being like, you're marketing to, you're marketing to five-year-olds. Well, and they shut down businesses all the time because they have, you know, decoys go in and uh, try and make a buy without getting ID'd and then they get fined, you know, six thousand dollars or something and shut down for six months yep so they definitely work to uphold the law of iding people well here we go here's a here's an article in time mag well it's time.com i don't know if it's actually in time magazine but on time.com massachusetts became the first state to ban flavored tobacco and nicotine vaping products including menthol cigarettes after Republican Governor Charlie Baker signed into law on Wednesday a bill that's meant to reduce the appeal of the products to young people amid a rash of illnesses and deaths linked to vaping. Oh, my God. Yep. Anti-smoking groups hailed the ban, uh, which restricts sale and consumption of flavored vaping products immediately and does the same for menthol cigarettes starting June 1st. I like how they cover that with, oh, it does the same for menthol cigarettes. When you look deeper into the bill, it's all flavored tobacco. Um, I'm going to skip a lot of this, but they do go into Thank you. the Massachusetts law is a major milestone and the first to reverse the worsening e-cigarette epidemic and stop tobacco <laughs> companies from targeting and addicting kids with flavored products. Oh... <laughs> uh... But the New England Convenience Store and Energy Markets, or Marketers Association, uh, which opposed the legislation, said it's exploring challenging the new law in court. So I guess there is still a chance that they could stop that before June 1st. Well, they're exploring challenging yeah, we might, in court. We might explore yeah. that. They're thinking about it. We might challenge it. We'll have to explore that a little bit more. Might not. In recent months, Massachusetts and other states, including Michigan, Montana, New York, Oregon, Rhode Island, Utah, and Washington have temporarily banned or restricted the sale of vaping products. But Massachusetts Thank is now the God. first with a broad permanent ban in place on all flavored tobacco or nicotine vaping, vaping products. Anti-smoking. Do you know how say. many lives they probably saved? Uh, I'd, I'd say millions of kids' lives specifically. Millions of children under the age of 10 have survived thanks to this legislation. Now, this article does say the new law specifically restricts sale of products to licensed smoking bars, such as cigar bars and hookah lounges, where they'll only be allowed to be consumed on site. Wait, are they going to allow hookah tobacco too, shisha? That's what they're talking about. Oh, come on. But they are That's saying racist. that... <laughs> they are saying, though, that... That would be limited. Like, if you were to go into a cigar bar or go into a hookah bar, you could smoke those products inside on the premises. You just cannot buy them and take them home with you. Which, I mean, 
Isn't that typically what you do with a cigar? Because that's more dangerous. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> It'd be one thing if everyone was lighting their houses on fire. Um, it also places a 75% excise tax on nicotine vaping products, uh, gives public health officials new authority to regulate the products, and requires health insurers cover tobacco cessation counseling. Yeah, quitting. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> what oh losers. Oh, my gosh. This is horrible. <laughs> Do you realize this is, I mean, despite all the other things going on in life, th- despite the real uh, epidemics, this is what, what hundreds of maybe thousands of people dedicate like a full-time job towards. Mm-hmm. Is either writing up legislation to restrict fun or yep. advocating like angry moms, you know, whose whose kid kept vaping despite he had an allergy and died. Yeah. <laughs> Actually I don't know that that's fair, but I'm really no, that's fair. The whole thing. <laughs> it's fair in my book. What book is that? Uh, the Book of Chase. Hmm. Yeah. The brown book. Ew. Yeah, I well, don't. I don't understand. I was talking to. Uh, I recently went in to purchase my father a gift. Not that my father listens to this or ever should listen to this, but just in case he happens to before Christmas, I won't say what that gift was. Besides the fact now he knows it's cigars, <laughs> but I think that's a given when I give him a gift. Uh, anyways, I uh, was talking to. This is at Old Virginia Tobacco Company, which I often talk about. Um, but uh, I was talking to the. Um, manager at the location that I was at specifically about, Hey, have you heard about these laws? And he was just shaking his head and he was like, how dumb is it that like, you know, we were kind of talking about how it makes sense to say, Hey, we're going to put restrictions on e-cigarettes because they're re- we've talked about how there's no real, you know, there's, I mean, they don't really go through a huge vetting process for that. You know, there's no FDA approval has to go through. It's just kind of people are making it wherever, however, putting whatever they want in it, not really knowing what, could happen in the future with, you know, different flavorings or different chemicals. But when it comes to the cigar world and tobacco world, it's so regulated already. Like, we know exactly what's in it. <laughs> and everyone's warned of, of exactly what's in it. It's just, uh Which I get where, what? I mean, I was watching a special on Netflix called Big Vape. And they were interviewing some seniors at a high school in Milford, Connecticut. Um, hey. Yeah, down the road. <laughs> they probably love vaping. Yeah, <laughs> which they did. But it was so funny to see these teenagers talking about how they had no idea that what they were getting into with the jewel was addictive. I'm like, well, yeah, of course, if you're talking to a bunch of, like, sorry if there's any teenagers listening, but a bunch of people that don't know I how the world so. works. <laughs> like, you know how we market to children. Yeah, exactly. But uh, but you know if if they don't if they don't know how the world works to begin with, I don't know that their opinions or their views are necessarily what you want to use to legislate everyone else's right or everyone else's freedoms. <laughs> you need the voice of the youth, Chase. Yeah. I guess. Save our children. The raspy vaped voice of the youth. <laughs> I just love it. I just love it when it goes into my throat. Mom, mom, can, I, can you buy me another jewel? <laughs> That's what they need, one of those people oh. with, like, the the voice box and the, what do you call it? 
<laughs> Just vapor seeping out of some random hole in the middle of the throat. Mm, I thought vaping was the solution to my cigarette addiction. Mm. I didn't know that nicotine was addictive. <laughs> oh, yep. Not too bright. And for some no, reason, it has to affect. <laughs> well, I wasn't saying you specifically. I was talking about these seniors in high school in Milford, Connecticut. <laughs> uh, well, um, I am. I had to take the band off. Yeah. I, uh, we, how long have we been smoking this uh, this KFC? Sweet. Roughly 40 minutes. I just finished mine. Really? Mm-hmm. So you're right on the money. We guessed a surprise smoke anywhere between 30 and 45 minutes? Yeah, we're trying to make a slightly shorter episode for all of those who possibly forced themselves to listen to the, what was it, five hours, our last one? Yeah, at least. Yeah, <laughs> at least five hours. And uh, did I say we didn't get any negative reviews? You did say that. Oh, come on. Someone's got to insult us. Yeah. I'm, I'm just, I mean, I'm begging for it. Yeah, you are. Well, you're begging a little more than I am, but. I know. I just think it'd be funny. Hmm. All right. That was a cigar. You, let's, let's do a, a segment to our, if you want to call it a show, a show. Yeah. You ready for this? Yeah, let's call it a cast. So we have, <laughs> I mean, one of our th- Three or four listeners made a suggestion. Yes. I think it's a good one. Uh, two of our three or four listeners made the suggestion, actually. That's like 50% of our uh-huh. fan base. 50% of our listeners requested this. Wow. So, so we we're not going to do it. it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, got, right. we got to do it. Yeah. That's what I meant. <laughs> All right. So the suggestion was that we, uh, each time we do this, we discuss like a beginner cigar topic or like a basic cigar topic of some kind yes if you don't have one ready to go i do have one yes go do it you ready for this anything to make our listeners happy (laughs) anything (laughs) well all right my question for you is we talked about you know humidification last time i have a feeling we're going to come back to cigar storage at some point in our lives but how do you light a cigar because there's we, we did talk about this, but there's toasting. There's the, what do you call it when you draw through a cigar when it's not lit yet? Cold draw? The cold draw. What's your lighting ritual? Honestly, for me, it depends on what I have options to. If I have a torch lighter, I always toast it. Can you explain toasting for uh, us that are stupid? Yeah, for the stupid ones out there or the stupid one right here that I'm recording with. Um, yep. <laughs> toasting is when you would, you can do it, you can do it with a regular lighter or a match or whatever you're using to light your cigar. But basically it would be actually letting the flame touch the cigar before you're taking a draw on it. So kind of toasting it up kind of in a sense, it's like pre-lighting the tobacco. And, uh, what I find is if you have a torch lighter, I, I find it doesn't really work that well with matches. It doesn't really work that well with like a Bic or just a regular lighter. But if I have a torch and lighter, I think you I can, know why. Well, because it's just not as hot. Not as hot. You don't want the flame to actually touch the cigar. That's correct. When I, I do find when I do 
toast a cigar when using a torch lighter. It is a, it, it, the initial startup is a, it's a little less smoky tasting. Sometimes you can kind of overburn your cigar when you light it, um, and you'll actually taste that, and you have to kind of smoke it out of it. Um, at least that's my experience. Um, but when I toast it, it kind of like starts to. Like, all right, I'll put it this way: when I toast a cigar, I hold it to the flame for, you know, maybe like ten seconds. Um, it starts next to, to the flame, though, right? Um, no, I'll, I'll even with a with a torch lighter, I'll I'll actually put it to the flame and actually start catching it. Oh my gosh! I don't think you're supposed to do that. Well, well what do you do, Manny? I'm just kidding. I can't tell you how to smoke your cigar. Go, keep going. Well, no, no, you 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 wanted to obviously tell everyone how to smoke their cigar. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just think my way is the best, and everyone should copy it. Yeah, yeah. No, so, are you done? To, are you done explaining your method? No, but what I would do when toasting the cigar is after I get it to char up a little bit, like it's already lit a little bit, then I just take one solid puff with the flame to the cigar, and then it typically is good to go. Um, as opposed to sometimes if you're using a bic or if you're using a, just a regular standard lighter, um, even you know if someone's got a Zippo on it or a match on it. You got to kind of play around with it a little bit to get it lit. Oftentimes you have to kind of keep, you know, that, that, that we'll, you'll hear me often just flicking away a couple times because it hasn't quite lit the entire end of the cigar. What? What? Sorry, I was just lighting. Yeah. <laughs> it sounded like it. Now, Manny, how do you light your cigar? Because it seems like you're really eager to tell everyone. <laughs> my okay well it depends on what i have <laughs> oh are you lighting another one um yes if i have so there are some cigars if they're really big ring gauge like really thick um honestly it, it would take too long for a match or a bic to light it what would you say is a really um, big ring gauge uh okay like 60 Ooh. Yeah, there's a big ring gauge. Where by the time you get half of that lit, it's already like starting to burn down, and then you got to light the other side, and it takes too long. So a torch lighter for a really big ring gauge cigar is the only way to light it, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. I don't need a fancy one. Even a single little burner or a single flame torch lighter, butane lighter is fine. I don't often toast mine, although it is, it does light a lot easier when you do toast it. And I think it just dries out the foot of the cigar a little bit from the heat and gets it all kind of uh, not. It doesn't light it on fire. It doesn't start like having a cherry on it, but it just toasts it black. And then yeah, when you go to light it, it's all ready to go. Hmm. Um, I sometimes take the band even take the band off the cigar even before I light it. I don't. Oh, actually, yeah. So when I cut a cigar, I like to draw through it like a cold draw just to see if I like. If it's too tight, if I need to cut more off, mm-hmm. um, and then when I light it, yeah, my preferred method is probably a Zippo lighter. Ooh. So for a big ring gauge cigar, a torch lighter is very convenient, um, handy to have. But if I had it, if I had a Zippo in front of me at all times, and a cigar that could be lit with it, I for some reason prefer lighting it with a Zippo lighter. Don't ask me why. It tastes better. Yeah, I don't and know I just, that I have a working Zippo. I haven't lit a cigar with a Zippo in a long time. I swear it tastes really good. 
and I just wrote, you know, I just rotate the cigar in the Zippo flame, and puff and puff until it's lit. I was actually just going to say that that's one thing I was going to recommend is when almost any cigar. I mean, if you've got something little, you know, really small ring gauge, then you don't really have to worry about it. But with anything, I'd say bigger than what we just smoked, which I believe that was what a forty-two. I think is what we said the ring gauge was. Um, I can't remember. But I, I often <laughs> will rotate it as I'm lighting it because then you get kind of like an even start. As opposed to if you light half your cigar and start puffing on it, then all of a sudden it starts canoeing. Not that that necessarily messes with the flavor, but it just bothers the heck out of me when I have a cigar that canoes. And canoeing is when like one side burns and the other one doesn't, right? That's correct. So it kind of like and it like makes like an angle burn. Yeah, or kind of like a canoe. <laughs> Speaking of canoe, <laughs> I went on a field trip today with one of my sons. Um, we went to a park locally here, and I don't remember the Native American tribe that once settled on the land that we were on. Um, Sponsor, Tribal Nations. That's right. <laughs> um, but uh, at one point, um, all the kids were testing out their skills of, um, I, I don't know if you'd call it crushing or grinding uh, corn. And he was passing out, the guy who was like doing the tour was passing out a couple different things saying, hey, do you guys know what this is? And touch it and smell it and like just different things or materials or like arrowheads. And uh, then all of a sudden he pulled out of his bag just this big, big like braided up knot of tobacco. And I instantly was like, ooh, I know what that is. <laughs> and he passed it around and it was probably the sweetest smelling hunk of tobacco I've ever had to my nose. Marketing to children. Yep. <laughs> on a field trip. That's right. <clears throat> oh, sorry. I thought my computer was shutting down there for a minute. I'll just edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> no, you won't. Keep it. In. <laughs> just keep it in there. <laughs> um, so, yeah, lighting a cigar. Um, I think we talked about a little bit, like, touching it up as it goes. I like to keep mine burning even. Yeah. So if I do notice it starts to canoe, I like to torch the opposite side. And actually, a torch lighter can burn a little too hot sometimes when you're trying to correct a cigar. Yeah. I prefer a Bic lighter when it comes to just, like, little corrections. Yeah. Well, I almost always light my cigars with a Bic lighter. I think because I just have them handy and there's always one in my truck. And I find there's multiple uses. I even have one in my tool belt. I just feel like I always have a use for a Bic lighter, even if it's cutting a piece of twine that's wrapped around something or yeah find lots of uses i actually used a big lighter in home depot yesterday to warm up the band around a big old pile of two by fours because i didn't have a knife on me <laughs> i used a big lighter this evening to uh take the cap off my beer bottle oh the trick oh yes nice uh, one other thing that I would say uh, in regards to lighting your cigar is also, I mean, especially if you're new to smoking cigars or if you tend to smoke cigars with other people and you're in the middle of a conversation, oftentimes a cigar will go out. Um, and I feel like that when, you know, if you don't want that to happen, you have to be kind of conscious of like how often you're puffing on that cigar. Um, sometimes you can get it to kind of relight just by, you know, if it still has some some cherry to it um and it's not just all bare ash uh you could um you know you could just take a couple big puffs on it but sometimes you have to kind of relight it 
um, which I find, I know you just mentioned that sometimes the torch lighter is a little too hot for that, but if it's at the point that if it's, you know, almost out, sometimes a torch lighter is just what you need to just get it a quick restart. Do you ever use those cedar sticks that they'll <laughs> give you sometimes? No. I don't like using those. I don't think it tastes good. Yeah, I, I, I even know guys that'll, well, no guys. I know like two guys have done this to where they keep little pieces of cedar from like boxes of cigars. And they use that to light their cigars. <laughs> oh, I did that for a little while. You making fun of me? Um, you weren't one of those guys, but now I'll put you in that group. Oh, damn. Yep. Well, yeah, I've tried them, and it's kind of hard to use, and it doesn't taste as good. So I don't use the cedar sticks to light cigars. No, because it tastes like cedar. I just think people are trying to be fancy, and there's not a need to. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, even so negative, matches, you know? I feel like is I feel like matches is just like a last resort. <laughs> like you have no <laughs> I like using other matches. Way. If I have no other no, way the, to light the, a cigar, I'll, I'll use matches. The last resort are those paper matches. Paper matches. You know the little the little ones in the pack, and you like pinch in the lid to light it. Oh yeah, I feel like for me to do that, I've got to just light that entire pack. <laughs> 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 yeah, I'm I'm really worried about. You know, overconsumption of products. You know, I think um, you and I need to start an organization uh, alongside Rocky Patel that opposes all this new legislation banning tobaccos. Yeah. Does, is Rocky Patel really in that world a lot? Yeah. Uh, from what I understand, he's invested a lot of money and is pretty active when it comes to, like, preserving tobacco rights and distribution rights. Yeah. Yep, I would assume yep, that a lot of people who own their own cigar companies or cigar distributors would probably be involved in that. Well, yeah. I mean, they're they're taking food out of their babies' mouths. Talk yeah. about their money, man. Yep. I know I did mention an episode, Cigar Rights of America, as an organization that does kind of go on the hill here in the D.C. area and uh, fight legislation that is against tobacco, cigars specifically. Well, I think you and I need to take a different perspective on things and no one's really taken the stance of you know we value the voice of the youth and we feel that they're smart enough to make up their own minds and so we want to market to kids as much as possible yeah <laughs> yeah i think that's probably the route we want to go yeah yeah i, I just think it should be like anything this. else you're not legally allowed to buy tobacco so why should any of these laws pertain to you <laughs> <laughs> that's like in some states where they have you don't need a hunting license till you're 16, but then yeah. before that, you don't need a hunting license. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're a kid. Go for it. Yeah, you're you're three. Great. You're not 16 yet. I don't care. Take a gun. Go shoot a deer. Yeah, it's funny when you think about it. Here, I am actually just on cigarrights.org, checking to see what this is really about. They do have news specifically for your state when it comes to cigar legislation. I don't think I have to worry too much about that down here in Virginia, but that's something that you probably need to pay attention to in New York. Yep. Um, they also Wait. have... Yeah, go ahead. <clears throat> you started smoking at 13? Uh, yeah. Yeah, around there, 12, 13 years old. What caused you to do that? Um, I'd say for me, besides cigars being delicious, besides that, 
Uh, for me, it was the fact that um, if I look back, at least my uncles, when I think back to like I, my grandfather and my mom's side did not smoke cigars. I assume my grandfather and my dad's side smoked cigars, but I never saw him smoking cigars as a kid. But my father and my uncles are all, always have been and are cigar smokers. Um, so I think that they were, when I say readily available, meaning I had to steal them from my dad's humidor. <laughs> um, thank you for that. Lentil soup, baby. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, keep it classy, Manny. Keep it classy. <laughs> good, Speaking of children, good thing is that almost sixty minutes of recording. Whoever's still listening may deserve that. <laughs> yeah, you sorry, sorry uh, excuse for a human still listening to us. Thank you for censoring yourself there. <clears throat> yep, I got more. Um, but so yeah, uncles. So, so, so your... for me, I mean, my dad always had cigars in the humidor. Always smoked cigars. He didn't necessarily smoke them around us unless it was like an event, you know, like a family event where him and his brothers were all smoking cigars together. Or I had a couple uncles on my mom's side that smoked cigars. Um, So for me, it was just that it was just kind of part of the hanging out experience with my family. I mean, it still is. I don't know that I, you know, if I get together with whether it's my dad or I haven't really gotten together with my uncles in a while, but most of the time there's cigars involved. How about you, Manny? <laughs> oh, I'm such a child. Um, hey, you, you know, said it's been it. my dream <laughs> to fart into a microphone oh, yeah. since I was four years old. What do you mean your dream? I'm pretty sure we've done that in the past with microphones <laughs> we used to wire up at our church when we were in high school. <laughs> That's right. I used to run the sound system. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually very clearly remember a time where a microphone was brought into the bathroom. And I don't know if you remember this. And That's right. And wasn't was, that the pastor? Oh, yeah. I came walking out of the office that we did not know he was in. Oh, that's as right. As it was echoing through the hallways of the church. <laughs> that's, oh, he was peeing, wasn't he? Uh, no, he wasn't in the bathroom. He was in his office. I believe I was in the restroom. <laughs> and, I mean, they were all fake noises, but still, it was probably one of the most embarrassing moments of my teenage years. One of the most embarrassing out of many, many embarrassing moments of my teenage years. Oh, yeah. Yep. (laughs) So, yeah, I think we should start an an organization um, saying that children should not be excluded from the beauties of tobacco. Yeah, I don't like to discriminate based um, on age. I started smoking. uh, So I was 14 when I had my first cigar, and that was with you. No. <laughs> well, I think it was, but then I also I went I went to the Dominican Republic when I was real young, and I think I was fourteen at the time, and I bought a package of cigars in Dominican Republic, and I brought them back with me. They're actually really good, and I didn't know anything about keeping them in a humidor. They just came in a package, and I you know stashed them in my room. Yeah, and I got I got caught smoking on the roof by my parents and. My dad said, you won't have any consequences if you give me all your tobacco. So I gave him all but the one package of the really good ones. <laughs> gave him so all the backwards. All... <laughs> so he thought I turned it all over. Uh, actually, I think he smoked them. <laughs> That's what got him into cigars. <laughs> so uh, what got me into them? I don't know. Honestly, <laughs> you know, uh, I, I was watching The Sopranos, and at the time I thought it was really cool to smoke cigars. Yeah. 
And then when I when I would go over to your place, I would see like your dad smoking a cigar outside, and I liked the smell. And I did some reading on it, and from what I read, it looked like people liked the taste. And so, yeah, I I had one with you, or I took a couple puffs, and after a couple tries, um, I was a cigar smoker. Yeah, I think part of it was the experience because I I remember we would get backwoods at like you know 14 and 15 years old and go fishing in the middle of the night with a backwoods cigar. So it's part of just like, hey, this is part of our experience. We're just hanging out, relaxing. Um, I'm good at that. Yeah. Actually, here's another question for you, considering that you have two children um, who are not of All legal right. age of cigar, or to smoke right, but cigars. I'll warn you, my tummy's upset. Keep going. Oh, well, try your best to be classy. Okay, Manny? All right. Um, what, at what age do you think it would be appropriate if you caught your son smoking a cigar, whether or not there would be consequences for that? For consequences from me? Yeah, or at least, you know, like, like, how would that conversation go if at 14 years old you found your oldest on the roof with one of your cigars? Well, I'd say, hey, you don't have to hide it. Yeah, <laughs> and buy your own. <clears throat> but uh, <laughs> I would hope that my son and I can have honest conversations about these type of things, that yeah. I would not hide anything I do and explain my reasoning, and he can make his own decisions as a man at 14. No, I, I, I don't think, I don't. Uh, you know, I don't blame my parents and I don't fault them for saying you can't smoke cigars at 14. No, I think that's a pretty appropriate response <laughs> to say you're, you shouldn't do that. I don't think uh, I, I don't think it's necessary. I think you and I just had fun with it. So who cares? Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think that's an appropriate reaction as a parent to be like, hey, um, why don't you wait till you're of age? Um, these are good and you may like them. But right now. Uh, you don't need to just be smoking cigars. What is of age in your mind? Uh, well, in my mind, it's still 17 or 18. Yeah. Honestly. So, I mean, I say 16-year-old, but uh, 17 for some reason, or 18, I feel like you can handle that and make your own decisions. I feel like at Legally, 16, though, if my sons haven't gotten into smoking, I'll probably share a cigar with them at 16. Make them smoke one? Oh, yeah, I'll force it. <laughs> My dad won a race uh, when he was a kid, and on the bus, the coach came in and found the the guys from the running team smoking cigars to celebrate. And uh, <laughs> my dad got really sick and threw up all over the place. Nice. And uh, I think he was 17 at the time. Yeah, well, we were well-seasoned by 17. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, at 17, we were going into New York City to buy cigars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good point. I mean, 18. Yeah, 18. We were 18. 18. Yeah, I think For the sure. 18 will always be the official age in my mind, though. I'm sure by the time... are so old. Yeah, I feel like by the time our kids are actually 21, the age will probably be like 26. And they'll be living <laughs> in our like basements. Yeah, not my kids, but kids of my kids' ages will be sleep, you know, still sleeping in their parents' basements till like 35. Yeah, it's funny. Kids are supposed to be smarter nowadays, but I, I don't know what happened. Yeah, apparently we have to feel like we have to make every decision for them. Yeah. You know, we get applicants at our job for vacant positions. Now, listen, I work for a not-for-profit. We pay anywhere from, like, twenty eight to $50,000. And $50,000 a year is, like, someone who's really high up. Yeah. You know? 
we get we get people that are fresh out of college that have worked at, as like a bank teller for a year that yeah. want to do like specialized work asking 60 70 grand a year <laughs> like, starbucks Ooh. is the only thing on their resume yeah no <laughs> literally and I, and I just where do you get this where do you get these numbers from and the expectation that we have listen i had uh 19 applicants for a position recently three of them um were asking for a salary that was within five grand of what we're offering I'm not saying you can't ask for more, but then I'd call somebody up and be like, hey, you know, I see you asking 50 grand for a position that pays 35. Um, if that's a non-negotiable, let me know now. Yeah, because oh, yeah, you're not getting 50. <laughs> well, you can bump that I up to 36. I, I know where they're working, and they're making like 28 now. Yeah. It's like, where do you get off thinking that, uh, you know, 50, 60 grand is what you're entitled to? It's interesting. It's interesting. It's completely disconnected for a lot of these kids coming straight out of college. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I feel like we can speak as millennials, Manny. No one judge oh. us if you're not a millennial and you're like, oh, great, I'm listening to millennials now. But uh, Okay, boomer. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I do feel like that so many people of our generation, specifically a little bit younger of our generation, were kind of raised to just have everything and feel like that everything was just given to them just because of how special that they were. So when they get out into the real world, they realize that they're not that special. And they can't just say, well, this is what I want. So this is what I should get. But so many kids just go through life thinking, like, well, no, I'm going to wait until I can get what I want. And it's like, yeah, you haven't earned that, though. <laughs> Do you smoke in front of your kids? Um, not, like, alone. I mean, I guess that's not true. If I'm working on a project around the house and I'm outside on, like, a Saturday afternoon, typically I'll have a small cigar or I'll have my pipe with me. Um, but I mean, if I'm just hanging out with my kids, no, I typically wouldn't smoke around them. Um, I mean, they know that I smoke. They know, you know, that I have humidors. They know, uh, I'll put it this way. Logan, my youngest who lives on the field trip with did guess that that was tobacco rather quickly. (laughs) (laughs) Part of it could also be that the guide, uh, said specifically that it was a big, um, trading, um, commodity for the Native Americans. So that could have been a, a tip for him that it was tobacco. Um, one other kid guessed poison ivy. <laughs> he had a rope of poison yeah. ivy. Just, yeah, hey, stick this in your nose and smell it. <laughs> I remember I went for a tour of some American fort when I was a little kid, and they had us look at the walls and say, hey, what, kids, what do you think these walls are made of? And I looked at it, and I it looked like a bunch of teeth. So I said, teeth! And it looked like all these little like kids' teeth were made into concrete and made these walls. And everyone laughed, and I felt really embarrassed. I'm like, no, it's corn, dummy. <laughs> like, I don't know, they look like teeth. But see, that's why you did not grow up thinking that you were special. Because that's how adults used to treat <laughs> kids. Because I was humiliated. <laughs> yeah, adults used to treat kids that way. Yeah, you're supposed to shame them in a normalcy. No, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Keep your opinions to yourself. <laughs> teeth? I don't knock your teeth out and add them to the wall. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Little wise cracker. Yeah, nice catch. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Uh, yeah, so, uh... yeah. So I, I do. A, I mean, if I have if I have a couple people over specifically to have a cigar, you know, I'll smoke a cigar in the patio when my kids are inside and. Like, they'll smell it, and they'll say, oh, what are you smoking? But 
yeah, I feel like, I mean, there's no reason for me to hide it. It's part of, not part of who I am, but it's, it is kind of, in a sense, part of my, you know, it's just something I do. So it's wrapped up into your identity now. Um, actually, yeah, I'd, I'd say I'd say kind of it is, yeah. Okay. Yep. At the same time, my wife is also, um, like for Father's Day, has quote-unquote their gifts from the kids, uh, but really she picked them out, and it was cigars and bourbon. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I've smoked in front of my kid once at a party where there were other people smoking cigars, or, or as he would call them, cigars. <laughs> I see you smoking a cigar. <laughs> and then he said, Can I have a cigar? I said, No, these are for grown ups, buddy. I said, You would not <laughs> like this. Oh, okay. Yeah, my sons have gotten a hold of my pipes before. And thought that they, they were smoked funny. Them? <laughs> well, I mean, not with tobacco in them, but uh, but they grabbed them and then thought they were funny by like taking a puff on it, but then got some of that delicious flavor of a you know just a stale smoke, and they're instantly like, oh, disgusting. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. yeah, it tastes pretty gross. Yeah. if you're cold drawn through an old pipe. Oh yeah, that'll. Good teach thing them. they didn't grab a vape pen. Oh, well, I mean, at this point, I mean, they're getting marketed to them anyway, you know. They could have exploded with one puff. Yeah, they would have died. Speaking of died. Uh oh. Are you ready to end this uh, podcast? Yeah, I think it died about 30 minutes ago. (laughs) It died before it started. Stupid idea to start this thing. Well, hey, Manny, since I feel like this should be a tradition that we talk about what cigar we're going to smoke next, even though we never smoke it. No, we did. We talked about the Kentucky Fire Cured Sweet last time, and now we're smoking it. Oh, I stand corrected. I think we should do the punch. All right, I'm down with that. Because I've never, what, what's it called? The Grand Puro? Something like that, yeah. Whatever. I haven't had those. I haven't had that yet. I have not had a punch in a while. I'll so, give you a punch. I'd, yeah, I, you know, I saw that one coming as soon as I said it. Um, Donkey punch. Um, I do have to say, if anyone wants to give a little little uh, <laughs> bad review, um, they could also give a recommendation. Manny and I were kind of toying with the idea, since we constantly hate on good old Rocky Patel, of just grabbing any random Rocky Patel stick and uh, talking about how disgusting it most likely will be. No, I would treat it very objectively. If I grabbed a Not Rocky me. Patel, I'd want to enjoy it. Nope. I don't want to waste my money. It's already set in stone in my mind that it's going to be horrible. Well, what we what would we find? The Renaissance is like the number one rated Rocky Patel cigar. I'll put it this way: I'm not willing to spend more than eight bucks on any Rocky Patel that I buy. Well, it yeah, sounds like I you're spent, done. <laughs> I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just getting impatient, and I really got to pee. Yeah. Well, am I keeping and you poop? Am I keeping you from something then besides peeing and pooping? <laughs> no, not really. It is getting cold, though, because I had to turn off the heater because it's uh, too much background noise out here. Uh, What's well, about 43 degrees here in Virginia? Sounds pretty specific. Uh, well, I just looked at the weather right before I started lighting up my cigar. Well, you said it was about 43. Well, hey, to end this, I would recommend the cigar to anyone. I don't know I would recommend Actually, the actual fire cured to anyone. 
Um, no. But I would definitely recommend this as like an intro to Infused or intro to Fire Cured. Yeah, it's not too strong. This would be a good cigar for someone who's newer to cigars. Yeah. I think it might be a little funky for someone for like their first cigar. Like yeah. they might be like, oh, I don't know if I like cigars if this is how they taste. Yep. Because it's definitely different. Um, it's It smells very smoky. It puts out a lot of smoke. Yeah. But it's not actually too strong, especially something like this that's not too big. This was the chunky whatever. Yeah, yeah. That's a good size for it. I like it. I would definitely smoke more of these. Although, if I bought like a package of these or a box of these, I can see myself getting sick of them after about 15 or 20. Yeah, it's definitely something you don't want to have every day. Uh, at least I don't want to have every day. I'm sure there's people that do enjoy them every day. But yeah, highly recommend this cigar. All right. I guess that about wraps it up, huh? It does. Well, hey. Until what? next time. I'm sorry. No, I was just saying until next time. Just, you know, play your little heart out. All right. I'm going to riff, okay? All right. Good night. <laughs>